This is Quantum Sandwich. I'm sorry, it took me so long. Hello everyone, welcome to Quantum Sandwich. This is the first episode. My name is Cameron, I am the host of the show. Thank you, if you're here, thank you so much for, for joining me. This is a new venture, journey, I don't really know what to call it, that I am taking and it means a lot to me that you would take your own time to, to listen to this. Uh, means a lot. The podcast is, the idea of it is to talk about things that I like or me and my fr- my friends and I, me and my friends, and I don't know, uh, with potentially with other people, but talk about things that I slash we like, whether that be a video game, a movie, a TV show, um, a hobby, yeah, that, music as well, uh, yeah, the idea is just to talk about the things we like in a positive fashion. Because 2020 was such a shitty year, um, I think we can all agree. For more, in the mo- for the most part, there obviously are some awesome things that happened that year. But for the most part, being stuck in the house with literally nowhere to go, you, um, it was hard to kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel, especially when you're slap bang in the middle of it. And for me personally, I spent a lot of time online watching videos on video games uh, and. A lot of people spend, in my experience at least, I found a lot of people are spending more time talking about what they didn't like about the stuff they supposedly love than spending time on what they they like about the game. Um, And and I always always left the videos with a kind of bitter taste in my mouth. So I decided that I would start a blog talking talking about... Things that I was looking forward to or excited to be things to be excited about, and trying being positive about stuff. So, and then I showed it to one of my friends who is in an upcoming episode, uh, Johnny. He suggested that I should start a podcast. So here we are. I'm going to be a little bit anecdotal in this episode, uh, and I'm going to talk about one of my favourite games, The Legends of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, and one of the billion reasons that it's my favourite game of all time and one of those reasons is because of a magazine that released in July 2004. Now I should preface that by saying Breath of the Wild came out in 2017 so what exactly about a magazine that's 13 years older than my favourite game of all time, what's that got to do with that game? There's no announcement for that game. Obviously, that game is way off. Um, but this magazine is—it's called Nintendo Official Magazine or NOM, I think, at the time. Which I say that now, I find it very funny. Uh, Nintendo Official Magazine, July two thousand and four issue. It featured Nintendo's E three blowout. So, if, for those who don't know, E three is the uh, electronics. And Entertainment Expo or something like that. So three E's, E three. Um, it was a it's it's a show a kind of showcase for game developers and publishers that happens every year, every June. Um, and it happens over a space of, I think maybe a Saturday to a Tuesday, and then the sh- there's a sh- usually a show floor that's open for the rest of the week for 
uh, journalists and more recent years fans to go in and and play these games that everyone's announcing. Um, this is the 2004 E3's 2004 um, blowout. Your Nintendo's E3 2004 blowout, I should say. You've got um, just to set the scene as well. So back in 2004. The Nintendo were kind of bottom rung in terms of the console war. They had the Nintendo GameCube was out, and at that time their most recent Zelda on that console was The Wind Waker, which is a very cartoony looking game, which when that was revealed really upset quite a lot of Zelda fans and just gamers I think in general. Um, It was a very big departure from what people expected the game to look like. They expected it to look quite realistic. Maybe not super realistic, but more real-life looking, uh, maybe a bit more kind of mature looking. Um, but Wind Waker's a very... It's cel-shaded, but it's a very cartoony looking game, and that upset a lot of people at the time. Now, the game is a masterpiece, in my opinion. But at the time, yeah, people were upset by that that style. So, E3 2004 comes along, and at the end of their showing, they, during that show they revealed some more Metroid 2 gameplay, I think they maybe announced some stuff about Star Fox Assault, which I think at the time was called Star Fox Armada, uh, there was a new Zelda Game Boy Advance game announced, uh, there was quite a lot of stuff they talked about, but they closed the show by revealing the next mainline console Zelda game and it was a lot more realistic looking. Now when I and it's kind of the 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 game that everyone wanted. I mean you should just YouTube Twilight Princess, that's what the game ended up being called. At the time it was just called The Legend of Zelda. But you should Google Twilight Princess Review. It's one of the best internet videos out there in my opinion. It's just so amazing to hear all these people cheering for a video game. But yeah, I'd, uh, back in 2004, I don't even know if I had the internet, to be quite honest. Uh, there was no YouTube. Yeah, no. N- it's funny to think about a time where there wasn't a YouTube, but that's a thing. So I relied on these gaming magazines to get my information about anything. Uh, and being 14, I was out at the shops, I guess, with my mum or whatever. And... There on the shelf is this magazine. I'm holding it right now. For those magazine-loving ASMR listeners out there. Uh, it, on the front cover, it's just a kind of blue sky. But on the kind of right-hand side of it is Link. This new render of Link. Which is a, he's, he's a grown-up, which he's not in um, Wonder Waker. He's, he's, a, he's a kid in that. Grown-up Link holding his sword out, shield to the side, uh, and it's very detailed. Everything's very detailed. Wind Waker's style is quite plain because it's a cartoon, so it's quite simple. Um, but there's a lot of like intricate details on Link's tunic, and that caught my eye. And I thought, what, what the hell is that? I've never seen that drawn a Link before. But I need to know what it is. So, um, my I forced my mum to buy me the magazine, uh, which also came with a CD-ROM that has the trailer on it. But one of the reasons that I love Twilight, um, I love Breath of the Wild so much is within that trailer and these screenshots. Now this game didn't come out till Twilight Princess. 
it didn't come out until 2006. So there was quite a big gap between the announcement and um, release. And in the trailer and in these screenshots, there are moments where you see Link in Hyrule Field galloping on his horse. And it's just this vast looking field. Sorry, I bumped the mic there. It's this, this vast looking field that he's kind of riding on horseback and he's making his way across. There's bad guys coming at him and then there's cuts of him in like a vast forest looking area um, where the sun's like beaming through the trees, there's cats following him and my mind as a 14 year old like went into overdrive and I just imagined this massive sprawling Hyrule where you can pretty much do what you want to do and go where you want to go. And there's plenty of shit for you to do. Loads of caves to explore and monsters to fight. And yeah, my, my mind just went kind of into overdrive thinking of all the things that would be possible if Hyrule was that big. I just love the idea of kind of going into these vast forests and riding around and finding the wildlife and yeah, just just spending time in the world. Uh, that was the kind of thing that made me most excited for this game. Now, eventually, the game came out, like I say, in 2006. Uh, it was announced as a GameCube game, but it came out on the GameCube, but also came out on the Nintendo Wii, which was uh, a little console. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It released in December 2006, along with Twilight Princess, I think the GameCube version came out a week later for whatever reason. But the game came out. Uh, my brother went and picked up his copy, but not the Wii because it was out of stock. Even though he'd pre-ordered it, his his hadn't come in. So I think we waited maybe a week and a half or so um, with the game just sitting in the house torturing us. Eventually as we came, we opened the game, we played it and it wasn't what I was expecting. Now, to say I was disappointed is probably harsh because I still love Twilight Princess. I think it's a great game. In terms of the 3D Zeldas, it kind of, I don't want to say plays it the safest, but it's like the, the fourth time we've seen 3D Zelda play like that. So it's kind of getting feeling a wee bit older, but um, it's still a fantastic game. The music in it is amazing. The combat is probably the best that, at that time at least, that 3D Zelda had ever been. Uh, yeah, it's just it's, it's a phenomenal game. What I found disappointing about it though was this grand version of Hyrule that I had pictured isn't there. Hyrule Field is split into kind of four sections. Four, not they're not small, but they're not huge either. They're just these four sections and each section is separated by like a thin path and each one branches off into different areas so the bottom section down at the very south of the map you have the starting area which is Ordon it leads into Faron and then there's Hyrule Field uh, and then on the western side this is the Wii version I'm talking about I should clarify um, the western side leads off to um, Death Mountain and Kakariko Village, if you're playing it on the GameCube or the Wii U nowadays, that's the east side, uh, which is the truer map. Uh, the opposite side of that leads off to Hyrule, um, Lake Hylia, sorry, 
and then the northern section of the map leads off to this kind of Zora's domain and Zora's river and stuff like that. Oh, excuse me. But yeah, each each section of Hyrule Field is contained within these kind of smaller sections. Um, the, the kind of eastern section or or western. The one that leads to Death Mountain. I'm confusing myself now. The one that leads to Death Mountain, it's the biggest area of the field. It's a big sprawling field. These are the ones that probably filmed most of these trailers and took most of the screenshots in. There's quite a lot of bad guys for you to fight on horseback. Biggest problem is, though, there's not much to do. So, I just found myself really quite disappointed by Hyrule being these smaller contained areas. And then even the biggest contained area, there's really not much to do outside of kind of fighting some monsters, which there's no real benefit from it. You get rupees or hearts or ammo, I guess, but these are all things you get from anything, like even cutting grass in the game. And to top it all off, these big sprawling forests that I imagined aren't there. There are forests within the game, but they are more like the forests that you find in Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask or even Wind Waker. They're just kind of self-contained areas there's no like just there's no sprawling sea of trees or anything like that so that idea never went out of my head I always just remember thinking oh maybe one day we'll get a Zelda game like that and then roll along 2017 when Breath of the Wild came out and it has all of that plus a bajillion other things that is people that game has been out for four years now and people are still finding new stuff to do and to and little details about the game it's it's a, a marvel um but yeah that's kind of one of the reasons it's one of my favorite games it's because it's it's a Zelda game that I've been waiting on since I was 14 years old which is probably silly but I think it's a kind of funny thing um you might wonder what got me into the Zelda series. Well, like I said at the start of the episode, I have recorded this a million times over. And one of the versions of it includes, not includes, but is me talking about how I got into Zelda. For some reason I trail off at the end and start talking about Ocarina of Time. But I'm just going to put this here. So thank you so much for listening. And if you like... If you've liked this style, I hope to see you again in the next episode. Um, Yeah, thanks so much for, for listening and I hope you enjoy the little story that got me into Zelda. So few series in any medium mean as much to me as The Legend of Zelda does. I own every game on the main timeline at least. Um, even on their original consoles um, and the HD re-releases or remasters, whatever you want to call them. I have those too. My games room is filled with Zelda shit and calling it obsession wouldn't be too far. It's kind of ridiculous if I'm perfectly honest. But where did the obsession start and what was my introduction to The Legend of Zelda? I would like to answer both of those questions to the best of my abilities. Um, So the introduction I will start with. um, Obviously it's a video game so you would think, well, you played a game whether that be the first game on the Nintendo Entertainment System, A Link to the Past on the Super Nintendo, or even what is still considered one of the best games of all time, Ocarina of Time on Nintendo 64. My introduction lies between the release of A Link to the Past and the release of Ocarina of Time. Um, 
Growing up, my dad had a Super Nintendo. Uh, no, he didn't. He had a Sega Mega Drive. Um, so that was where my gaming knowledge lay. I knew about Sonic. We had a Batman game. We had a golf game that I didn't like. And on the PC, I liked to watch him play Doom because I was too shit scared to do that. But he wasn't, so I watched and that was fun. So where, where would I have been introduced to The Legend of Zelda? If I had a Sega console and a PC. Well, some of you probably don't know this, but it didn't air in the UK until 1997. But in September 1989, and then ending in that December in the US, there was a Legend of Zelda cartoon series. It comprised of 13 episodes and painted the hero Link as a brave, albeit very cocky, teenager. Princess Zelda, a similar age, but she was pretty wise and pretty much fed up a Link's shit. Uh, and then there was Ganon, who was the main antagonist of the series, and he was very much a cartoon villain. You know, he had a new scheme every week uh, that Link and Zelda had to foil, um, and the main story is that he was trying to steal the Triforce of Wisdom from Hyrule Castle. Hyrule is the place that Zelda is set. Um, he was trying to steal the Triforce of, of Wisdom from them, already having the Triforce of Power, so that he could rule the land. So every week, Link and Zelda would have to stop his evil scheme. Um, Link was pretty annoying. It was pretty much of the time. Um, it was very much that cocky teenager um, filled with attitude that was very famous in the, the 90s. I know this show started in 1989, but it was very much of that period of time. He was very sure of himself and he had a catchphrase which I will not try and emulate but it was him saying excuse me princess every time Zelda kind of questioned him essentially. Um, he said that a lot. I mean like a lot a lot. It was, it was bad. It's not a good show but I was seven when I first saw it and I loved it. Why? I don't know, I was seven. What, why do you like anything when you're seven? At seven, I think, I used to say I didn't like cheese. I love, I fucking love cheese now. It's, yeah, I don't know, I loved it. I still have such a soft spot for it. I have it on DVD. It's, it's not a good show, but it's where I was introduced to Zelda. So I'm always going to love it. Um, if you want to check it out, 100% do, because it's it's might be one of those things that's so bad that it's good. It probably isn't. That's probably just me saying that, because I don't want to admit how bad it is. But, like I say, it introduced me to Zelda. And it made me want a Game Boy, because there was a Zelda game on the Game Boy. So, it led to me getting my first Zelda game. I think it was that Christmas, 1997, I asked for a Game Boy, with the express purpose of getting The Legend of Zelda. So, that Christmas, I got my Game Boy Pocket with Wave Race and Metroid 2, and I think Mario and Yoshi, or as it's known in the US, just Yoshi, which was like a puzzle game. Um, and then with my Christmas money, I went out and bought The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, which was the Game Boy Zelda, the first Game Boy Zelda. Um, and my very first Zelda game. Um, I don't know if I would say that's where the obsession started. I really enjoy that game, and it's probably still one of my favourite Game Boy games, next to Pokemon Gold. But 
it was it served its as my first Zelda experience and what to expect from then on. Um, the obsession probably started on the Nintendo 64. The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is a game that I couldn't say enough words about. I'm trying to keep this episode a little short. I'm not trying to kind of push it too far. Um, this is the first time I'm sitting down recording, really, properly. This is the third attempt at the, at the first episode, but I'm happier with this setup and how we're sounding, so we're just going to go for it uh, in one sitting. Um, so this is going to be a shorter episode. But um, yeah, Ocarina of Time, um, it released in 1998 on the Nintendo 64, and it's still considered one of the best games of all time. It was still in that period when 2D games were turning into 3D and different developers were having different success rates with it. Um, The biggest one at that time being Super Mario 64 which very, very successfully took Mario from 2D into 3D. The thing with Zelda is they didn't really have to change too much. Zelda being a top-down game kind of was already 3D in a sense. So there was less of a change. There was less of a big change, like there was with Mario sixty four. Ocarina of Time just felt like Zelda, how Zelda should feel, but in three D and just looking more epic. And there was a much kind of grander story because you were there was cutscenes and stuff which you couldn't really ever do in two D games properly at that time, at least. Yeah, it, Ocarina of Time. There's just not enough things I can say about that game it, I I still love it and it's a game that I still go back to relatively often, mainly on the, the 3DS with the 3D version I looked at my play log of that game and I have sunk 400 hours into it into a game that I've been playing since I was 8 years old and that version came out in 2011 when I was 21 10 years, oh god that was 10 years ago but yeah, that is, I would say Ocarina of Time is where the obsession started. It's still such an important game to me. And it's while it's not my favourite game of all time, at least anymore, it certainly was for a long time. And it's still such an important experience for me. But yeah, that's kind of the short answer for this first episode. Uh, like I'll probably if one day I might expand on this a little bit we'll see uh, I just kind of want to sit down for a little while and record for a bit um, just get some stuff off my mind about The Legend of Zelda this is like I say the kind of first time I'm really sitting down to record and just I, w- I want to see how comfortable I am with everything and so far I've quite enjoyed this I hope you have too if you've listened this far Um yeah, thank thank you very much for listening, and um, I will hopefully catch you soon. Bye, guys. Thanks. Well, thank you so much for joining me today on the first episode of Quantum Sandwich. This this was a lot harder than it should have been. I made it a lot harder for myself, um, but I hope you have enjoyed your time with me listening to me talk about The Legend of Zelda. I'm going to do that a lot. I, I, I really am and I promise you there's more to come 
on that subject probably very soon. But in the meantime, thank you so much again for listening and I hope to see you again soon. It means a lot to me that you're here, especially if you've made it this far. I applaud you. But uh, yeah, thank you so much and I'll hopefully see you again soon. Thanks. Bye.